Welcome in to a brand new Times Leader Sports Report. My name is DJ Eberly. Sitting down with me today is John Erzar and Derek Lavars. We're a short crew today, but a good crew. Erz, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Very balmy here in the newsroom. <laughs> you can almost see your own breath. Yeah, yeah. Which will get us ready for football Friday because temperature is supposed to be in the mid 30s. High. Going to be a cold high. high. <laughs> Better than the snow we had Wednesday. Uh, we had Tuesday night. We had Tuesday, which uh, I talked to Hazelton area coach Mike Brennan, and he said they went and practiced in it because it's going to get them ready for Friday because it was real cold. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time Friday, but. So, Urs, so, before we get into the high school nitty-gritty, because we have a lot to talk about, a lot of states' action, playoff action in general, states, districts, and even Penn State's playoff hopes, which we'll talk about with Derek later on, Cleveland Cavaliers. Usually we talk about fantasy. I, I, I don't want to brag too much because you're upset with the trade I was able to pull off in, in our league. Yeah, yeah. You see, you're going to get Zeke for, for Jay and for a, a pack of magic beans. We don't know that Zeke's playing the rest of the year. He's going to Jerry Jones or whatever. He's just going to string this thing out. I love how I average hundred and about 140 points a week. Mm-hmm. Every week that I don't play you. I put, I put up 150 last week, and when I played you, I put up 80 or 90. Well, it's because my defense. Wow. They stood tall. But to get back to it, you're a resident Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Mm-hmm. This team is, what, five and six right now? Correct. And they're struggling to a degree. Yes, they are, but they do have some uh, pieces. What are, your, I mean, what are your thoughts on the team? Uh, they're really hurting a point guard. I mean, they miss Kyrie. Yeah. yeah. Derrick Rose is doing a decent job, uh, but defensively he's a little bit weak. When they get Isaiah Thomas back, it'll be, it'll be much different. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have Jose Calderon on the bench, who I was watching the game, like, who is this guy? He's, he looked like they might <laughs> they, they found him on a street corner or something. He, you know. Uh, running too much of LeBron at the point, which you know he could do it, but it takes away his game, you know, things from his game. Mm-hmm. So they, they'll be all right. They should be all right. I mean, you just want to make the playoffs anyway and hold hold the fort until uh, it comes back. And uh, they're missing uh, Tristan Thompson Kardashian, <laughs> who looks very flabby since he started hanging out with the Kardashians. I you know I think maybe he's got them. Uh, he's got them focusing. Away from the game. Yeah, he's uh, he's he, too busy going to fashion yeah, week. Yeah, he's and he's a, he's a, uh, trying to be a celebrity, and he's not mm-hmm. a very good basketball player to begin with. You know? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, Ernest. Well, we're gonna jump right into it. Like I said, we have a lot to get to. We're gonna start with high school football, and actually, the game on tap. Hopefully, you listen to this soon enough. This will be up hours, just a few hours before kickoff Thursday night between. Valley West and Wallen Paul Pack. This is for the District Two Five A Championship. Yeah, and, and if you're wondering why they're playing on a Thursday, Wallen Paul Pack has a big Veterans Day presentation and a program Friday night at their high school. The parking would be a disaster. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it, from what I understand, it draws a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So they decided, well, you want to play Thursday or Saturday? They give them the option. They decide to play Thursday. Um, I would have loved a nice Saturday afternoon game. Probably I think that's something, something we're really missing in high school football. There's so many playoff games now. Nobody plays on Saturday afternoon. 
pe people don't get an option to go into two games. Right. So anyway, let's get to this game. So go ahead. They played week six. Wild Paul Pack won 28-21, despite only having 201 yards right. of offense. Valley West had 376. Difference in the game, Valley West turned the ball over four times. One of those fumbles, Wild Paul Pack picked up, ran 96 yards for a touchdown. He also ran a punt back for 72 yards for a touchdown. Um, Wild Paul Pack had the week off because they had to buy as a top seed despite being 5-5. Five and five. Valley West had to play Abington Heights. One as expected, 63-14. to uh, Got to give uh, Jake Blasky some credit. He had three interceptions, including returning one for a touchdown. I think he has like five now on the year. Um, I see Valley West coming back with the, with the championship in this one. Because when you look at that game, they pretty much dominated the stats except the turnovers and, uh, you know, giving up the special team stuff. And correct me if I'm wrong, and, but that was, this was Valley West's last loss, correct? No, they did lose to Berwick later in the season. Okay, I think week mind. eight okay. or week nine, but they've been on a nice roll since then. Running the ball a little bit more with Sean uh, Mikovich. He has uh, three 200-yard games in the last four or five games. So they're really they're really coming on. They're, uh, Coach Pat King said they made a lot of mistakes early. And uh, it's some of the stuff I saw, you know, the silly stuff, you know. Uh, you know Holding false starts. You know, stuff like the, the little things that you should be making mm -hmm. later, you know, after four or five games. But they seem to straighten it out. Now, I see Valley West heading down to the Lehigh Valley next weekend to take on either Whitehall or Southern Lehigh. All right. So now we'll go to Friday games. We'll start all the way at the top. District 2, Class 6A Championship. I will be at this game. Hazleton area at Delaware Valley. Yep, and this is another week six matchup. One by Del Val, 28-14. It was a uh, part of Del Val's 11-0 season. And uh, they got a big game from uh, Ryan Abios, who had uh, 127 yards rushing. Big difference in this game was, and, and, and Coach Mike Brennan from Hazleton said, is they just they, they kept getting within striking distance and then, Del Val punch went in. So, you know, they kept, you know, the carrot was dangling. They kept mm -hmm. reaching for it. They couldn't get to it. Two things they have to straighten out. They gave up a 16-play, 99-yard drive. And every coach, you know. That's a backbreaker. That, yeah. And plus an 11-play, 63-yard drive. So if they get Del Val off the field, and uh, Hazleton's been playing really well lately, there is a chance for an upset. And we'll see. I will be there. So it'll uh, yeah yeah in the cold. It's my first football game of the year. Really? Yeah, that's correct. Because I've correct. been been pageanting, making sure the newspaper gets out on time. That it's there at your doorstep at three a.m. every Saturday morning. Well, you make sure it gets to the press. <laughs> I am not responsible for. They delivery. haven't. They haven't. They, we're not <laughs> delivering it yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. One day, maybe though. Yeah. I could imagine it. So uh, next up, we'll go to the four A semifinals. North Park. North Pocono, that's the name. At Berwick. Yeah, the rematch at last year's uh, championship game, won which by we North were, Pocono. 20, which we had a great time at. Yeah, 21-6. It was a very nice day. It wasn't too cold. No. Um, North Pocono coming off a 48-15 win over Pittston area. J.C. Gahan had 192 yards rushing. They put up 428 yards of offense against the Patriots, who 
They struggled defensively, the Pitsonary. They, they sort of straightened it out late in the season, but uh, you know, it was a good season for Pitsonary. Berwick, 42 to nothing over Wyoming area. Now this game was played, they played week three and Berwick won by three points by scoring two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, <coughs> including an 81 yard punt return by Tegan Wilk, a sophomore who transferred from Southern Columbia, which is a two-way power, where he started as a freshman. And Tegan did it again to Wyoming area, 98 yard interception return. Uh, Jared Marshman, two more touchdown passes, five games since he's come back, 12 touchdowns, one interception. Berwick, I see going back to the to the championship game here. North Pocono is going to keep it on the ground. They ran 53 plays against Pitsonaria, 46 rushes. That's pretty much the way uh, Coach Greg Nolan runs things up there. So I could see uh, being down at Crispin Field next Friday night for the championship game. Which leads us up to Coughlin at Valley View. Yeah, and this is a game nobody expected. Everybody expected Dallas Valley View. Coughlin lost 54-7 to to Dallas in the first week of the season. They come back and win 28-0. Big, big game by uh, quarterback Vincent Todd. 241 yards rushing. 98-yard touchdown run. 63-yard touchdown run. 62-yard punt return, which that was the, really the backbreaker. We'll talk about that play. He gets the ball. He's dancing around. Dallas's coverage team converges too tightly, and Todd just darted around the end. Nobody caught him. 63-yard run. He's in shotgun formation. Drops the snap. Everybody freezes except him. Around the end. There yep. he goes. So he had a, he had a great game. Now Valley View. I, I've been saying they they're my favorite to win everything. They won 51 nothing over Crestwood. Crestwood had. Can you guess how many yards of offense Crestwood had? I read the story. I think like 12. You're incorrect. They had five yards of offense, 15 feet. Seth Vernon was a huge game for Valley View. 164 yards rushing on eight carries. And they're going to keep the ball on the ground. Coughlin's going to keep it on the ground. Uh, Jay Cole had a big game for them against Dallas. 160 yards. It was a throwback game for Jay Cole. He had number 32. He got torn. Second half, he comes out with his old number, number 26. And I told some guy that, I said, Jake Cole drove all the way back to Wilkes-Barre <laughs> to get his jersey. And this guy believed me. <laughs> During halftime, I, yeah. I didn't tell the guy that I was making that up. <laughs> but he believed me that Jake got in the car, drove back to Wilkes-Barre, got his old jersey. I can't see Coughlin pulling off another upset. I mean, I'm going to go with Valley View by a couple touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, District 2, 3A championship, Lake Lehman at Scranton Prep. Yeah, and this was uh, Prep beat them 42 to nothing week three. Uh, I talked to Coach uh, Jerry Gilski on Tuesday. He was supposed to, he, I was up at Lehman for the girls soccer game, got we'll snowed out. Yep. Jerry was supposed to work security and so I went into his coach's office and he's sitting there eating a sandwich as usual. <laughs> I, I have to say that because he gave me a hard time for picking Western Wayne last week. And I told him, I said, if you listen to the podcast, what did I tell you? I went back and forth on that game. Yeah. And they won 27-26. Did you tell him if you listened to the podcast? I said, it, it, you know, you only won by one point. And I think I, I picked them to lose by six. It's not like I picked them to lose, right. you know, 200 to nothing. Right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what they have to do, they have to stop uh, 
Matt Gilmartin, a running back for Scranton Prep, who has just run over all five Wyoming Valley Conference teams. I, I checked his stats. He has, in five games against conference teams this year, he has almost 650 yards and 10 touchdowns. <laughs> now, uh, Jerry Gilsby said a couple interesting things. He said he got the, they got them in some down distances, favorable defensively, a lot of third and longs, and they couldn't stop them, and that's what hurt them in that game. And he also said the inter- interesting thing, which will be in the, sto- the preview story in Friday's Times Leader, he says that, that Scranton Prep doesn't play with a sense of urgency, but he said, he said in a good way in that I've seen Prep play twice this year, and when a play goes good or bad, you can't tell. They just get back in the huddle, and they run their next play. And they're, they're, they're very calm, the way they move about their business. They're, they're very disciplined. You won't see kids, you know, carrying on, you know, their heads dropping, right. yelling because somebody made a bad play. They just keep going. And uh, I see it a little closer than 42 nothing, but I see Prep winning their third consecutive 3A title. Last but not least is District 2 two-way championships. Teams that we don't involve here, but it's on the sheet, so I'm going to read it for you. Yeah. Carbondale at Dunmore. Yeah, this uh, this is um, Dunmore is going to win this way. They won forty nine nothing over Carbondale week nine, part of six consecutive shutouts the Bucks had. Wow. And the reason I bring this game up, yeah, because we we don't cover because they're not in our coverage area, because this has has a tie in with North Pocono and Berwyn. Okay. Berwyn beat Wyoming area last week. Right. The first coach of Wyoming area was Jack Hensis who now coaches Dunmore. This is his 51st year of coaching. Okay, following me? I am, I am. North Pocono head coach is Greg Dolan. Okay. Who used to quarterback Wyoming area. Okay. Who is Greg Dolan's father-in-law? Jack Hensis. The circle of life. Wow. Well, we're gonna play that song by Elton John right now to (laughs) close out this segment and be, be fantastic. But we're, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, soccer and uh, yeah, we're gonna, hockey. So we got soccer, field hockey, and volleyball that went through. Uh, or as you got the brackets for you can you can take turn hosting if uh, yeah. Let, let's go to field hockey. Uh, I I don't know much. I, I understand the sport. I don't cover it. So Shame. Have, Our the great Paul Sokolowski is off today, so we're going to be filling in for him. Yes. Uh, let's see. We look at single A seminary with a big win over Tuppahawken, ten to one. I mean. I would say like field hockey and soccer, every every goal is a touchdown. So that was yeah. like seventy to seven. Yeah. And now they go down to Whitehall High School, eleven AM on Saturday to play New Hope Soulsbury, who won three nothing over Lee Heighton. And oh Lake Lehman, unfortunately, they fell to Newport, the uh, second seed out of District Three, won nothing, their season's over. And we have two we have two A. Yeah. What happened there? Oh, Valley West, which has surprised their two A. They're a big school. They are a big school. I know. We, we, that was a conversation we had with Paul last night. Yeah, they must have got under the under the uh, just under the wire. They beat Upper Perky Omen two one. Now they're going to be at Central Columbia High School, which is a short drive yep. past Berwick. You stay on Route Eleven, make a left. You're right there. Central Columbia. Well, we got to give the, we got to give their football coach Scott Dennis a plug. He's the coach, Holy Redeemer. All right. He has the Blue Jays. In the uh, championship game for four A or for uh, District Four. Speaking of Valley West, they've continued a nice season along after winning the district title 
for the first time in a few years and uh, again that big win in the states. Yeah, and they got a tough matchup now with Sealand's Grove who won four nothing against East Pennsboro. So uh, that that game's noon Central Columbia High School on Saturday. So those are the only two teams we have left in uh, field hockey because Crestwood lost five one to Twin Valley. So uh, we'll see how things play out there. Yeah. Oh, we have another talk. Oh, I did not see this one. Do we have anybody here? There's a chance I could print out the bracket with uh, no teams in, of ours in it. No, no, no. The only one was Delaware Valley. That was, yeah. They're in our league. In, right. Because Wyoming Valley Conference includes teams from Scranton. They lost 8 right. nothing to Central Bucks East in the 3A playoffs. On to girls volleyball. We'll stay soccer for a last. <laughs> yes, we will. Yep. Holy Redeemer. Three-set win over North Penn Liberty. There's a lot of North Penn schools. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're all North, very good because they're all North Penn school <laughs> in, uh, there's North Penn Mansfield, which I wonder if this is the same school because they're both in District 4. There's a North Penn down in District 1, which is a really big school, very good football school. Anyway, Holy Deaver wins three games against uh, North Penn Liberty. Saturday, 11 a.m., Exeter Township High School in Reading. Don't go, don't go to Exeter Township up Route 92. No. Which is part of Wyoming Area Schools. You'll, you will not find no, the school up no. there. You could find <laughs> me and you hang walking the streets up there. but <laughs> You don't walk the streets up there. there there's no sidewalks. <laughs> uh, they played the Lone Catholic. And uh, Nanticoke season came to an end. They, uh, let me try to try find them on the bracket. Are you should you? We do have highlighters in the newsroom. And I did not use them. Well, you were sitting here in the dark. I wanted to come back quick. Yeah, they, they uh, oh, here it is. They lost to West York in three games. I think West York's the fourth-ranked team in the state in 3A. So, uh, good season for Nanico. Yeah. Got to play a home game at the Pitson area. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, a lot of kids, you know, you, you, you know. You say, oh, we lost in the state playoffs, but there's so many kids that would, you know. I never like got that. to states. Yeah. I never even played a section championship. Yeah. I put my Little League Which team. Which is New York's equivalent to district championship. My Little League team won, won the championship my, my last year. And then I didn't play on a winning team until I was in college on a touch football team. Yeah. The old Sixth Street Deli in West Wyoming used to have a team. Yeah. I, uh. My uh, down my uh, alpine ski team downhill ski team was we were pretty good we we became a third in the section district. It's a little easier to ski alpine yeah, ski a little bit uh, up, momentum. uphill. <laughs> yeah, no, that was downhill. Good. Yeah, football right. football we uh, and then right after I left, my brother's team like went to the state quarterfinals semifinals and he holds that over me for the rest of my life. But anyways, either you have girls soccer or boys soccer in here. We area. have girls soccer, and then we'll turn it over to you. Yes. So I used to cover both. I covered boys soccer and then I covered girls soccer until it moved to the fall. And uh, I really enjoyed covering girls soccer in the spring. Best thing about girl girls soccer in the spring, it gets warmer as the season goes up. Yeah. You know? Anyway, uh, we had Lake Lehman play la uh, Tuesday night. Yep. Against Midwest, lost a heartbreaker 4-3. Yeah, it was quite, and I remember reading Jay, Jay Monahan's story about it. It was quite a... The, Quite like you said, a heartbreaker. Uh, Mackenzie Love, who's one of their tremendous athletes, had three had a hat trick. Uh, Amanda Ayers had three all three assists, but 
This was this was two of the best teams in the state that were going off. And if you read the story in Wednesday's Times Leader, uh, one of the things that the Lake Lehman coach said was like, "We're you know two or three of the best, two of the best three or four teams in the state, and we're playing each other in the first round." Yeah, it isn't you know it's tough to figure out seedings wise how yeah. to do state playoffs, but. It, hey, it's just uh, it is what it is. It's just the luck of the draw. Sometimes, yep. sometimes you get a weak team in the first mm-hmm. round, you know. But Midwest is a, a rather new school. It's actually a merger of Middleburg High School and West Snyder High School, down past Seelands Grove. Uh, I was to a game at Middleburg. Beautiful facility they had down there. Yeah. Actual real soccer stadium, similar to Bay uh, Bay's up to, to Valley Valley View Stadium. A little bit like that, but bigger bleachers. So it was really nice. Like like Sam? Like the field? Yeah, sort of. In that, that It was years ago. They may have updated it. I have no reason I'll be going down there. <laughs> and then the uh, game moved to Wednesday night. Yeah, this was a game that you were the supposed game to cover. I was at, and literally the ball, when the kids were warming up, the ball was gathering snow on a Tuesday. And, you know, a lot of people were harping at District 2 Chairman Frank Majikus, like, why didn't you call the game earlier? Blah, blah, blah. Well, they didn't expect this. Right. And the snow was freezing to the field, mm-hmm. and they couldn't shovel the lines. They could brush the snow off, but there was still ice there. And they had the uh, Unico All-Star football game up there several years ago, and they had the same situation, and it was it was dangerous. Dangerous playing football and dangerous playing soccer. This was at Lake Lehman. Yeah. No. I don't know if you said that. Yeah, no, no I did not say it. It's good and uh, said it. football coach Jerry Gilski said they were out there practicing in it before the game, before the soccer game. And they had the same thing, you know, they'd throw a ball and land and they'd have to, like, clean the snow off it. Mm-hmm. That's what they get for passing the ball. <laughs> As you know, I'd like, I, I, I'm a firm believer in you have to run the ball. But anyway, anyway uh, 1-0 East Pennsboro. Uh, East Pennsboro only gave up six goals all year, right. or no, eight goals all year. Three in the in the, in uh, the final in the district in three the final, final yeah. against uh, Fleetwood, who's probably the best team in the in the state. Although they won two one in, in double overtime, so that's what I mean. You don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen soccer teams that <clears throat> when they go out there. The better team doesn't always win at this level. Sometimes the luckier team. This is a great tie-in to boys soccer. The game that went on tonight, the Crestwood game. Crestwood at Hershey. Hershey was a three seed. Yeah. Out of their district, Crestwood was a district champ. Uh, beat Dallas for uh, the third time of the third for third for the second time in the no for a third time in the district final. They played four times in the regular season. To get there, it was that late goal. They they scored a goal that tied up a minute and a half left in regulation. They won in overtime, um, and you know it was, it was Hershey scored in the first half, and and Crestwood just never got a chance to come back. They actually outshot Hershey, mm-hmm. um, uh, but you know sometimes the ball just doesn't find the end of the net or in the net, find the net. Right? Yeah. Like you said, you know, these two teams probably could play ten times and be five five. Yeah. They played once and it was one nothing. And it doesn't take away from the season that Crestwood had. You know, you're losing Kyle Gavaris, the all-state soccer player. He was our player of the year last year. And you're getting a new coach in David McFarland, who's coming from Wilkes University, where he was an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. And just a, tre- a tremendous year for them to win the second district title in three years, back in the final for three straight years. It's impressive what Coach McFarland was able to do to keep 
that team moving along, staying on the same trajectory and not a dip back. Correct. So that leaves, last but not least, Myers. Yep. Myers, that came in second, play, uh, came in second District 2, Class 2A, lost his grand prep. My, it was a, such a great game. It, you know, it felt a lot like this District 2 championship where Myers got down, but this time Myers came back and was able to tie it before half. Both games, they were tied at the half, but this one was 1-1. One one. And while Notre Dame Green Pond outshot Myers by quite an amount, Joel, hats off to Joel Vasquez. He was able to keep the Mohawks in it. But they forced overtime, mm-hmm. and it came down to about two, two and a half minutes left in overtime, two and a half minutes from forcing a second overtime and getting that much closer to a shootout. Because if they got to a shootout, Myers got a lot of talented players, and they could have won a shootout, I think. Um, yeah, it's, it's anybody's game in that. And uh, Notre Dame Green Pond got a direct kick just outside the box right when he, he touched it. Myers coach Jack Nolan made it after the game. He's like, I, I knew it was game over. We were out. We were caught out of position, mm-hmm. and and the, and, this, and what happened is they kicked into the box and it was a header in past Joel Vasquez. And but this doesn't take away anything Myers did this year because this was the they won their they won a division a, a WVC division championship for the first time in over a decade. Won in the district final for the first time in over a decade, and then to cap it all off, played their first ever. State playoff game, and this could be because who knows what happens from Myers here on out. So this was, you know, it was a special yeah. way for these kids and what these seniors were overcome. Because when the seniors were freshmen four years ago, this team was five and eleven, and this was only their third or fourth loss of the year. Yeah, like you said, you don't know what, what's going to take place. Myers and Coffin are supposed to merge whenever they build a new high school, whenever that will be. Um, but they may merge the sports programs earlier, from some rumors we've heard and. If that happens, uh, you know, you don't know if the, you know, the thing I don't like is it's going to take some opportunities away from some kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the way it is. I mean, when Hazleton merged in 1992, there was Hazleton, West Hazleton, and Freeland. They're all under the Hazleton Area School District. They merged. And uh, they struggled initially with football. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because Bill O'Boyle was talking about Valley West uh, when they merged with a bunch of schools in 1967 was their first year of football. He said the coach didn't know anything about the other kids. So mm-hmm. he was playing the kids he knew yeah. until he realized I better start playing these kids because right. they're better. Right. So that, you know it's gonna take a, it's gonna be a transition period. Yeah. What should be the nickname of the new school? It should be the Barons. Barons. I, yeah, because it Wilkesbury. Yeah, there used to be a Wilkesbury Barons oh, baseball they team. They had the red, the red. Yeah, it was the Red Barons. And, yeah, that's where it came from. It was yeah. the, they used to have the Scranton Red Sox and the Wilkesbury Barons, and they called them the Red Barons. That's how they got. Maybe, uh, maybe the maybe call them the Rail Riders as a, as a minor. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I actually wrote a, col- uh, a column last year about this for football that they should call them the Barons. Yeah, that's a good name. I had a couple other nicknames, which you know, like the Corruption. Which uh, I don't think they would may be. not get passed. No, yeah. no. I, mean, <laughs> I don't think I have five votes on the school board, <laughs> and I think their color should be purple and gray. Because you have Coughlin, who's red. Yep. And you have Jr. who's gray. No, no. You have uh, Myers, who's, who's blue. blue. You, you mix those colors, you get purple. Right. And then if Jr. ever, if sometime down the line Jr. becomes part of it, you have their gray. Yeah. 
Yeah. See, I'm a forward thinker. You are. Maybe, you nickname, maybe you should start should nickname hosting. nickname the yeah. Ravens. <laughs> oh, as you wear a Ravens hat. Right yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe you can host the show moving forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to freezing on Friday night. Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, we had, uh, it's going to be cold, but, you know, I can't complain. It was 11 weeks of really nice weather. Yeah. I mean, Snow's it was almost like covering f- football in Florida, a yeah. couple of those days. <laughs> and, uh... So we get to freeze at least one more week, and maybe, hopefully, two. We don't, we don't know who's going to yeah. go on. I, I, I think Berwick will go on. I think Valley West will go on in football, but um, we'll see. We will have to see because you know, you have to play the game, and you play to win the game. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Derek Lavars, Penn State football. Also, a reminder for those of you who've been loving our After Dark podcast on your Friday night. We will not be having one next this week. No. There will be no podcast. No. But we'll be back next week on Thursday. Yeah, we, Urs will be back Thursday. We we will run no, down any football we have left or we'll just recap, recap what, what happened. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, DJ will not be available to do the podcast. Yeah. Yep. He's going to Buffalo for Buffalo Bills. Going to see the, his beloved Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Play the he, Saints. As they fade. <laughs> Out of the playoff picture. <laughs> fade to a 7-9 season. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be really disappointing after starting five and two. Yep. All right. Well, Derek Laverse up next, Penn State. Welcome back to the Times of Sports Report. And joining me now is Derek Laverse, our Penn State football beat writer. Derek, another rough week for the Nittany Lions. Just this two straight losses, and they, and now the Penn State is out of. The hopes playing for a national championship now. Just what ha- what do you think happened? Where do they go from here? Yeah, I think uh, you know the main thing was already to talk about uh, you know this unprecedented uh, three hour twenty two minute delay yep. and all of a sudden injuries and what have you there. But just uh, yeah, just a lot of time. A lot of the plays that they made down the stretch in games last year, they just haven't made uh, these last two weeks. So in both cases, they had the lead in the fourth quarter and they weren't able to close it out against both Ohio State and Michigan State. And, uh, you know, and even it gets down to it, uh, you know, they have a fourth and three rather than kick a 47-yard field goal, which I didn't have a problem with there, especially mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I think Tyler Davis has hit maybe one field goal that long his entire career. Uh, the weather was bad, and uh, obviously they've had struggles with that entire field goal unit this year. And they had it. They had uh, you know a slant on fourth three to DeAndre Tompkins and just couldn't haul it in. It was a catch he's you know owned up to. He came out and spoke after the game and spoke on Tuesday after James Franklin's press conference that he should have had it. Uh, but they even had a ch- the defense had a chance to stop him and at least force overtime there at the end of fourth quarter. And uh, looked like they would have been interesting because it looked like they had stopped Michigan State on a third down delay. And then yeah. uh, Marcus Allen they really sent the house and Marcus Allen got called for a late hit. Uh, it was also low. Uh, so that one said it being fourth down and a 50-some yard field goal that, you know, they, I don't even know if they would have attempted it, especially like I said with how, uh, how wet everything was. Uh, you know, so it might have just gone to overtime. But instead, they move up 15 yards easily in the field goal range and were able to run the clock down and kick a pretty comfortable winning field goal. But, yeah, just, uh, you know, maybe some of those key plays they had made down the stretch last year against Ohio State, against Minnesota, against Wisconsin – uh, just haven't, for whatever reason, haven't been able to uh, pull out here. And uh, a big part of it is that they're running, you know, a lot of things could be solved uh, if either either front was doing well on either side of the ball, if they were getting more pressure, more sacks on quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. 
or if they were doing a better job uh, just getting a running game going. And you know, James Franklin was pretty pretty straight to the point uh, about that after Saturday's game. He's very direct about things they needed to improve on, and he said that that's yeah, one of the main things they need to be more physical, more hard-nosed uh, up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, if they can get that going against uh, you know Rutgers defense is obviously a lot less uh, accomplished than you know the last four or five teams they've played. You mentioned the, that weather delay and it was at over three hours, about three, three twenty three yeah, and twenty two hours, hours. Yep. which is unprecedented in almost any sport except for baseball. Sure, and even that that's really rare. Yeah, how how much of a factor did do you think that it? It had because it's it's really something that you don't prepare for. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean James Franklin said after the game, he said, you know, he tries to prepare for just about every eventuality, but he said he didn't have anything planned for this there. And then immediately, he said immediately after that, obviously Michigan State had to do the same, go right. through the same thing, and they handled it better. I mean, that was more that lost the game, although it is worth note after Penn State was up 14 7 at that point, it was the midway through the second quarter, they came back. Uh, and right after the break, uh, it actually is Michigan State ball, and they stuffed them on a fourth and one to get the ball back. But the, the offense didn't get on track until they went back into the locker room again for halftime. <laughs> yeah. I think their first, something like their first nine plays after that uh, weather delay, I think they gained one yard or something like that mm-hmm. on it. Uh, so, I mean, it definitely had a factor. You just you didn't sort of really didn't know what to do with those guys for yeah. that long there. Uh, you know, they had them sort of spread out uh, out of the visiting locker room and into sort of a. Uh, a media workroom where photographers were uh, filing stuff in there, and they had, you know, I'm sure they had the student manager stuff from everybody, the Chick fil A guys, or they had Penn State, they on their Twitter account and social and Facebook had a video of uh, one of the uh, reserve running backs, Mark Allen, tossing grapes to Saquon Barkley, who's catching them in his mouth, and uh, you know, just sort of, you know, what can you do? Well, you know, guys were saying, you know, you talked to Connor McGovern of uh, Lake Lehman grad after, you know, after the game, he said, yeah, there's just not much you can do. You sort of talk. You try and get loose. And yeah. You try and get comfortable. You, like a lot of those all I mean, wears knee braces, mm-hmm. and he takes those off there just to kind of air it out there. But yeah, it, uh, it it was strange. And it's the funny thing is you talk to, you know, uh, you know, Steve Jones, longtime radio voice, him and Jack Ham do the color. They've both been doing it for a long time. You know, neither of them could remember an in-game weather delay. Uh, you know, Jack Ham talked about the only time he had been through it. You know, the terrific, you know, Pro Football Hall of Famer that he was there it was was before his. Uh, pro careers where he was playing for you know, a college all-star team all those mm-hmm. years back there. Uh, you know, I asked uh, the Penn State historian Lou Prado uh, you know, from the Reading Eagle, got in contact with him to ask him if he had, because uh, uh, he has a terrific memory with the Penn State encyclopedia, and said, uh, no, if you can't remember it in-game, weather delay of any kind. So it's just, it was a very, very strange uh, yeah. situation. So you mentioned it before the running game that wasn't able to get on track, and that sort of ties into Saquon Barkley, which ties into the bigger thing in his Heisman Trophy hopes because he was going into probably go back as far back as the Ohio State game and even more here. Past two weeks, he's needed a couple of big performances to sort of separate himself from the rest of the pack, and obviously that hasn't happened. And almost the opposite effect when you see guys like Baker Mayfield throw mm-hmm. for almost 600 yards. And five total touchdowns a week ago in a big game against Oklahoma State. Where where do you think Saquon Barkley's Heisman hopes are? Yeah, I wouldn't. You wouldn't say they're dashed just because he had had built up such a, you know, such a goodwill probably through the first week. And really, this was the first week where he really didn't uh, have that one play. Yeah, they had a lot of games where he obviously hasn't has had struggled 
running the ball just because there hasn't been much for him yet. You know, they uh, get swarmed pretty most times he gets the ball. They haven't been able to consistently get that running game going there, but he's usually had, you know, he had kickoff returning for a mm-hmm. touchdown against Indiana. Northwestern, he was bottled up there, but broke through for a long touchdown later. Uh, you know, starts off with a 70-yard touchdown run to start the game against Michigan, takes the OB kickoff back against Ohio State. He didn't have that uh, against Michigan State. In fact, I think it was the first game he didn't score a touchdown in since the Ohio State game last year. So that was last October. It was over a year uh, since he had not found the end zone in any capacity. But, uh, yeah, I, I, we wouldn't say that he's out of it because uh, you could – the big thing now is that, uh, like I said, they were – the last four opponents, I believe, were all ranked in the top 20 nationally in run mm-hmm. defense. The last three, Rutgers on Saturday, then Nebraska and Maryland – are all much lower than that. Start with Rutgers in the 80, you know, 86th or something in the country. So he has a chance to have, you would think, on Saturday to have a big game. And, uh, you know, but you would also need, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield to slip up. You know, they've, they've got a uh, tough one in TCU on Saturday. Uh, a lot of eyes will be on that there. You know, if he turns in, you know, a bad game, you know, we, after JT Barrett torched Penn State at there, it's like, oh, well, he's, yeah, he's right up in there. He's maybe in the top five. And, you know, look at his numbers. And then he just, you know, four interceptions, and, a ter- and they get, obviously gets blown out at Iowa. So, you know, if Mayfield has, I don't know if he has a game like that in him, uh, he's, right. he's been pretty consistent throughout his entire career there. But, you know, it's something that could swing. I think Barkley's numbers are going to be pretty good these last three weeks heading into yeah. uh, before the Heisman voting finishes out there. So what you'd probably need is you'd need Oklahoma to lose a game and Mayfield to, uh, to you know, not come through in one of them. Yeah, and – and recency bias does help mm-hmm. in situations like this. Um, again, some uh, something you know the bigger picture, like Saquon Barkley's Heisman hopes, but also college football playoff hopes. Those are pretty much close to dashed as Penn State's falling down to what fourteenth? They're fourteenth. Yep. The and the problem is they, it's it's extremely hard to climb back up at this point. Just where do you think bigger picture Penn State is moving forward? So they're what they uh, the one thing you want to try and avoid, and this might be out of their hands, is that it would be tough, really tough for them to swallow the season. Is if there's a scenario where they do finish, win out, finish ten and two, and end up in say the Outback Bowl, which is possible only be, especially if you know there's it's increasingly more likely now that the Big Ten doesn't end up in the college football playoff. I know mm-hmm. some people are trying to say, oh well, you know Wisconsin, or they're not guaranteed at thirteen. I, I don't believe that. I think at 13 and 0, yeah. And the schedule's gonna, you know, they play Iowa this week. All of a sudden, Iowa's ranked, and yeah. Iowa just crushed Ohio State there. So that looks more impressive. If they're 13 and 0, you know, and beat a two-loss Ohio State or a two-loss Michigan State team in that Big Ten title game, I'd be, it, it, it'd be very surprising if they didn't make it in. Uh, you know, just even if you know your your Clemson's and your Notre Dame's and Alabama's keep winning, but. Uh, yeah, so, but if they the Big Ten gets shut out of that, then all of a sudden you're looking at, uh, you know, some of those at large berths maybe getting sucked up and uh, into the New Year's Six Bowls, which what they're looking at there, trying to get right. an at large berth into there. And uh, the issue there is if someone else gets picked ahead of them for say the Orange Bowl, uh, there's a clause now that if the Orange Bowl takes a Big Ten team, then the Citrus Bowl, which is usually the top non New Year's Six, non mm-hmm. the former BCS bowl yeah. that the Big Ten used to go to. The Citrus Bowl can't take a Big Ten team if the Orange Bowl does. And then in that case, you know, one of the top bowls left to go to is the Outback Bowl, which I think, given the expectations that they had 
and uh, you know the start they had to the season there that would be that would be tough for them to swallow to end up in, in the Outback Bowl. But I think there's still a chance if they do go ten and two, uh, and you know these bowl games are you know like an Orange Bowl is uh, you know they're obviously going to take more things into consideration than the record. They're looking at fan base and Penn State obviously has always had a big advantage in the in those areas there. So that's that is something they still have to play for uh, you know, a marquee bowl whether it's the Orange or, uh, or the Fiesta or what have you. But uh, that's that's really what they're looking for right now. And then last but not least, Rutgers this week is a spouse back game for the Nittany Lions. Well, I, I think it has to be. And although it is fair to point out there that you know, Rutgers is much, much better than the you know living, breathing train wreck that it was uh, last year <laughs> where they went 0-9 in Big Ten play. Uh, they had been shut out by Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, and Michigan. Shut lost all four games, didn't score a single point. Uh, and now they're actually coming into no, they're in November, three weeks left, and they're still eligible for a bowl game. They're still bowl, bowl hopes. Alive. They're four and five. They've won, actually since their bye week, they've won three of their last four. Uh, not exactly beating up on the cream of the crop of the Big Ten there, but I did, compared to where Rutgers was, which was so yeah. far down uh, in the heap uh, last year there. So the fact that they do have wins over Illinois and Purdue and uh, Indiana. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a this is a big and necessary step for them there. So you know they'd have not gonna it's like gonna be tough to win two of their last three. One's at Penn State, one's against Michigan State. They'd have to pull out the upset one of those. But uh, people like uh, Chris Ash, the head coach, they liked him when he was a defensive coordinator at Ohio State when they won the national title. He's done well for himself there. I think what helped is he brought in a really respected guy, the former Minnesota head coach Jerry Kill. He's now the offensive coordinator. And they seem to have a little more cohesion. Last year, they were trying to run spread, and they were trying to do this and that, and just didn't have the personnel for it, and it, it was ugly. It was a reason why they got shut out four times. Right. Uh, but, they're, yeah, so they're a little better now, more reliant now on the run game, so they turn it over less there to set up a play-action pass. So uh, it'll be, you know, it won't be, like I said, what we saw, saw last week there. But uh, I, I think uh, Penn State's going to finally be able to sort of get that running game on track there uh, against Rutgers on Saturday. All right. Well, this does it for the Times of the Year Sports Report. Thanks for joining us again this week. As a reminder, we will the next time you hear from us will be next Thursday. There is no Times of the Year Sports Report after dark podcast this weekend. So on behalf of Derek Lavars and John Arzar, I'm DJ Eberly, and we are the Times of the Year Sports Report. See you next time.